We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Dice Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at the Blue Wire Network. That's right, you're hearing my voice, the voice of Nathan Powell, the silky, smooth voice of Nathan Powell, back in the hosting chair. I wrote the I wrote, wrote the document this week, so it's going to be incrementally worse than, than it was last week. But I am joined by my lovely co-host, Daniel M. Senyo. Close. Actually, not not close. Uh, middle initial, <laughs> definitely not M. But you know, it, it's it is a letter. I will give you that. You were you were in the ballpark of not guessing a number. So <laughs> check equation. <scene. laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. Yes, uh, we 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 went back to our normal roles. Uh, I will be back in in the uh, the co guest co-host seat <laughs> and uh performing a lobotomy on myself at some point as we go through another week of jacksonville news yay jaguar news uh travis etn with a liz frank injury and i didn't watch the game so i, I can't 100 percent confirm this but it sounded like on twitter that etn had the liz frank injury in a preseason game in week two of preseason and went back in afterwards, and people like, oh, he's fine, he's back in the game. And no, no, it's a Liz Frank injury, he's off for the freaking year. So, Urban Meyer, not off to a hot start uh, in my eyes, because he's ruining Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne, not off to a hot start, because he should have been in the NFL last year. He screwed that up by going back to his senior year. I should have had Travis Etienne in the NFL in 2020. Now we don't get Travis Etienne in the NFL until 2022. Call me down, Dan, because I, I can't deal with it anymore. It is. It's a crazy string of events because, I mean, you can't just assume that he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. But, it, you know, we probably wouldn't have had a James Robinson sighting if Travis Etienne were, for some reason, if the chips fell in the right, you know, in the right way where Travis Etienne made it to Jacksonville last year rather than this year. No James Robinson. We're not having that conversation. 
and now we are we are an injuryville population travis Etienne. so this um this is tough i think we finally kind of had, had settled on the fact that he was probably going to be not necessarily the 1a but he was going to get meaningful touches until it was obvious he should be getting all of them. It was it was going to be the crescendo. We were going to build up from one right. B to one A to just the one. James Robinson's yeah. on the freaking practice squad. <laughs> so I, I think you know hindsight. It is what it is. I, I think James Robinson was probably always going to be a thorn in the side of Travis Etienne, and now we just kind of turn James Robinson into a redraft asset at this point. Um, that's not to say that he won't have value beyond 2021, whether it's in Jacksonville or elsewhere, uh, because he was good last year. He, he definitely was, was above average. Uh, I'm not saying he's great, but to be honest, he looked better than, than Clyde Edwards Alaire. You put James Robinson in, in Kansas city. And I think that makes that offense untouchable. So it's a great time to buy, uh, if you don't fear, uh, the Liz Franck injury that has hindered many uh I, I mean there's some precedent for people not really returning to form after this right yeah but all, every time we have these injuries not returning to form rarely are they talking about 21 22 year olds that are in right yeah it's know, always older it seems it, it does seem like it's it usually happens to like 28s to 30s because uh, des bryant had this right and he was never the same after his yeah, and obviously running back wide receiver two different positions and the ages right. plays a big plays a big factor as well. And you and I have been naysayers of James Robinson pretty much the entire offseason because of the dreaded draft capital that was possibly gonna happen, and then it did happen. So we're like, okay, forget about it, James Robinson. But no matter how you slice it, James Robinson had an amazing rookie year. His matches for N plus one on the range of outcomes app are twenty eighteen cream hunt. 2018 Dalvin Cook, 2020 Saquon Barkley, and 2014 Le'Veon Bell. All elite running backs, basically. Yeah, Uh, yeah, other than Hunt, who is only not an RB1 because he decided to play for the Browns for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) But with Robinson here, I might be buying with an elevated price on Robinson because this year – is going to give him trade value. Running backs don't really have trade value in the NFL anymore. Let's say James Robinson runs for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. Assuming Travis Etienne's healthy by June, July, I I could easily see the Jaguars shopping James Robinson for like a day two pick. Like that, that he could net that type of return, even in the the day of devalued running backs, a guy who's coming off of back-to-back thousand yard seasons to start a career. He's going to have that value and, Robinson's good enough that as long as he doesn't have a first round running back to contend with, I think he's an RB one in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, his rookie year, like you mentioned, he was, he was good. He had over four, I mean, he had 1400 all purpose yards and 10 touchdowns tacking on 50 catches. So uh, an offense that should be pretty substantially, you know, improved better, however you want to put it with Trevor Lawrence under center there's a, a real opportunity here for James Robinson to earn himself one of those coveted RB second contracts. And I know he's, he's only in his sophomore season, but if he proves himself here and maybe he stays in Jacksonville and, and it's a, it's a committee backfield until he's gone after two more years, 
or they find a way to move him and that team re-signs him for an extended period. I think James Robinson is, is good enough where he's going to stick. Uh, he's just not going to be one of those. He's not your Dalvin Cooks. He's not your Christian McCaffrey's. That he isn't. But in the right situation, Jacksonville a la 2020 and now 2021, he's going to produce numbers because he's good enough to to do whatever he needs to do with the ball on when he's, I mean, he's on the field. He had, what do you have? Almost 300 total touches last year and 1,400 yards. So, um, you know, the, the volume thing, I don't think is going to be an issue. Uh, it, he can handle and, it very well. And the offense isn't going to be worse than it was No, it's last definitely year. going to be better. You add pass catchers. You know, that, that maybe takes a little bit of the upside for the pass catching away from James Robinson is keeping DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault uh, and now Marvin Jones, keeping those guys fed. And, and maybe keeping James Robinson more a between the tackles guy, but he was good in the passing game. I, I think, I think he looked better in the passing game than he did as a, as a pure runner. So uh, the offense is going to be much better. I, I think this could be a long-term value play for James Robinson. Now with Travis Etienne out for, you know, for the season, most likely. Yeah. Schefter said he's out for the year. So I'm assuming that that is correct. Let's move on to a topic we're going to touch on briefly. We can't really do much about it at this moment, but we'll talk about, you know, kind of rehash some stuff we talked about in the past. So Jamar Chase, um, there was an incident that occurred on Instagram today. Uh, Jamar Chase's significant other who is pregnant uh, essentially said, you know, don't hit pregnant women or something along those lines. And, you know, had a, had a photo of Jamar Chase in the caption. Um, he, she quickly deleted it. Um, there's not really a way for us to, you know, substantiate the, you know, the claim or anything like that is not our place to do, whether we're going to den- deny it or say it's completely true. The, the th- I say this every time we have something like this, obviously I hate it because it's, you know, a bad thing happening to a person if it's happening or reverse if it's not happening. But from a dynasty lens or a fantasy lens, it sucks because, there is no, like, there's no fair way for this to happen. Like, no one's going to sell Jamar Chase off and, you know, ha- gain value while he, you know, still has it. Or no one's going to buy him low. I mean, actually, both of those things could possibly happen. But what I'm saying is, like, there's no way we can control, like, how accurate any of this is or what you should really do with the trade market. I generally try to avoid, like, I, I did sell Tyreek Hill, like, the day of the voicemail tapes once and you know from a value perspective that probably wasn't the best move but it's just what happens when these things happen and and we don't know where this is on i'm trying to be very careful with my words here we don't know where this exactly is at the very at the the very least it's in the beginning stages of you know something happened or maybe something didn't but jamar chase at the very at the very least jamar chase will have to address this in a press conference at some point yeah and what the i mean the one thing that kind of sucks about the the day and age that we live in is it went pretty quickly from innocent until proven guilty to guilty until proven innocent so um these kinds of things always just linger uh, unfortunately now uh it seems to be less so with Tyreek Hill for some reason he's all of a sudden he's a world champion and and he's this big time wide receiver and everybody just kind of forgets about it you know, it's it's unfortunate. I, I, don't, I hate that we even have to talk about it. But like you, I, I just try to to do my best to just kind of avoid the situation as un, until we know until we know more. 
uh, if it becomes, and there may, and there may not, there may not be more. There may be a lot more. Like there's both ends of the spectrum right. that we don't really know what's going on. Right. There's just not really anything you can do right now until we really know. And now, if you've got owners panicking that that genuinely think that it's that's it, then great. It's probably a decent time to buy. But when we're talking about these situations, it's it's uh, probably a little um morbid to <laughs> be talking about buying and selling a fantasy asset when something genuinely uh disgusting could have happened but yes in, in this case i would i would probably just say avoid until we we get some sort of clarity all right let's go back into the football talk we got the saints offense saints offense granted i i am somewhat befuddled that like everyone is buying in on the saints offense after they shredded the jet the Jacksonville Jaguars like that's the game <laughs> that the, that preseason game is the game that's going to sell us on Jameis Winston's going to sell us on the New Orleans Saints let's start off with the quarterbacks and then we'll move on from there it seems with that performance in the quote-unquote like you know show-off game James Winston two touchdowns 100 plus yards in the first quarter it seems like Winston has gotten the shot which I was not predicting one to two weeks ago so what, what are your thoughts on, on Winston, you know, earning the starting job? Yeah, I mean, I, I was right there with you. I, I don't think, just because of the history with Sean Payton, I just assumed it was going to be Taysom Hill's, Taysom Hill's job. Um, I'm still kind of bummed that they didn't keep Teddy Bridgewater around. Uh, I thought he would have been, <laughs> I thought he would have been a better bridge quarterback, no pun intended, than either Jameis Wildcard Winston or the QB that Taysom Hill isn't. So I do think that that Jameis probably gives them the best chance to win. He definitely is the best opportunity for fantasy. And Taysom is the opposite of all of those things. Everyone picked up on the shtick. It stopped working. It, to be honest, really only worked like four or five times. You cannot operate a franchise with Taysom Hill under center. You can have packages, you can have plays, you can split them out wide, you can hog them to the line and run them as a tight end or an H-back. You can even get away with it for one to two games. You're not getting away with it for a whole season. Sure. He he can fill in, you know, if there were to be injury or if Jameis has a bad streak and he throws five or six picks in a couple of game stretch, sure. Make a quick change, try to get him back on his feet, whatever it happens to be. Jameis is absolutely the better quarterback, gives them the best chance to win, and should be their quarterback week one. Now, what does that mean for your fantasy assets? Jameis under center is great for Alvin Kamara, probably less great for the wide receivers. Taysom Hill under center is awful for everyone, except Taysom Hill. Now, yeah, maybe Kamara. No, I, no I, I, I don't think it's good for Kamara because he vultures the touchdowns, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of those... those you know, kind of like draw option plays that they like to run. And Taysom doesn't give the ball up. He he thinks it's his and he deserves it. And he doesn't because he's not good. Uh, we, we need Jameis, flat, plain and simple. Uh, I think Jameis actually has some really nice QB2 upside for a really, really cheap price. Now, it's probably, it's probably good that he's cheap because we wouldn't want to be overpaying for someone that we weren't really sure if he was going to be the quarterback. But... Uh, the pass catchers uh, are medial. Uh, I don't love anyone here. I'm definitely not acquiring Michael Thomas. Uh, all the hubbub about Marcus Callaway. Sure, great for the price. Awesome. But you won't be able to get him for cheap now. 
uh, at least as cheap as he was. I honestly think the only person in this offense I'd be targeting is Alvin Kamara. And even though his ADP says he's going in the first, I don't feel like he carries that price tag in a trade. I feel like you can get him for a lot less. From a dynasty series you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the we talk about it, and it's less so now, now that we're like in the age of the running back. But running backs are always like used car, or like brand new cars. You drive them off the lot, you, t- you take them in the startup, yeah. they're instantly less valuable. And that's the case because, like, you, you take them, and then half the league is building or rebuilding, and half the league is, is playing. And the half that's playing might be interesting in Kamara, but the other half is clearly not. Um, and that's the case with all veterans, especially, especially second contract running backs. Um, so you're you're nixing. You're saying you're out on Marquez Callaway. He is the talk of the town. And I I was a fan of his, you know, before this. I, I had him stashed on teams as early as last year. I'm kind of with you that, like, if I can get a, a late second type value for him, I'm, I'm going to do that for the most part. But he does have this opportunity here with Jameis, who is reckless, who's so going to throw the deep ball. And it's really just Traquan Smith and Callaway out there. Like, it's not like they have a bevy of pass catchers in New Orleans. Yeah. I, I mean, f- again, for the price, I'd probably be more interested in Traquan Smith. That price is like a wet sock. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Callaway will probably get into that second round valuation, unfortunately. Not startup rookie in case anybody yes. was confused we he, he if he gets in the second round startup uh valuation we've got some real real issues so uh yeah i would say even an early third i'd probably be fine parting with that's gonna have more long-term value to me than you know I, you know and there's there's a little bit of precedent with sean payton and some of these these kind of odd wide receivers working out but that's that's your, your chase. You're, you're grasping as straws at that point. Um, there's just not a lot to really love on this roster. You know, 47 year old Kevin White is there, but who knows? And, you know, we saw a couple of flashes from Deontay Harris. I think he's mostly just the return guy. Um, yeah. I mean, heck, Taysom might lead them in catches. <laughs> It's very possible. He could split out and play a little tight end. I know Juwan Johnson. I, I think they they converted him to tight end, correct? Yeah, I think so. Made that switch. So I mean, between between Juwan Johnson and Troutman and you know, probably a lot of Taysom Hill, I, I think honestly the tight ends might end up having some some decent value uh again for the price. When you when you're comparing it to where they're going in startups and what their their actual cost to acquire is, I I don't think Marquez Calloway is going to be very high on that list. I think he's going to be overpriced for limited production um, when you probably could just get a deflated Michael Thomas, who isn't going to be, you know, the, the three or three years ago, Michael Thomas, he's going to be much less important uh, and less valuable, but honestly for, for the price to points, probably a better deal than Marquez Calloway. Yeah, no, Traquan is definitely, of the guy, any any guys in this offense can be like more points than his value is worth because his value is basically you know zero. Um, but just for fun, I went to the Rotoviz box score scout, which you should get when you get a Rotoviz subscription, or when you get a Rotoviz subscription, you get the box score scout and all the great apps. So make sure you're getting in invo- involved with those. We love the box score scout. We spent all off season talking about it. The Marquez Callaway uh, <laughs> scores. You ready for him, Dan? Here we go. Brandon Mack, Kalijah Lipscomb. Jeff Moturi, Danny Davis the third, 
Daryl McNeil. Stop me when you've heard of any of these guys. Double, double D3. I'm, I'm in on double D3, yeah. Oh, you know Danny Davis the third? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you already had a nickname for him. Uh, Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore is uh, like the 10th name on this list, and he's the first one who I remember because I think he was like a Debbie Darling for like eight seconds. Does he have an apostrophe in his name somewhere? It's J, it's capital J, capital M O N more, Jamon. Yeah. Okay. I remember him. I, I actually liked him too. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's not great. That's I think some would call that less than ideal. Yeah, but also we talk about all the time. So much of the box score scout is connected with draft capital. When you have undrafted draft capital, you're gonna be comp to a bunch of guys who had no draft capital. Um but let's move on to from the Saints offense. We are going to do a bit of age versus beauty. Uh, before we do that, let's hear from ourselves. Roto Viz. I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season. Make sure you're ready. Get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the Road of His website. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10% discount. Now let's go and dominate those fantasy leagues in 2021 we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's talk some age versus beauty. Dan's the age and I'm the beauty like normally. Oh, come on. Hey. Age versus beauty, um, although that mustache is quite beautiful uh, on Dan. But age versus beauty. So basically, this is rookie of the vet, but we'll talk more of a short-term lens. We're not talking about dynasty value here. We're talking about who's going to be scoring more points in 2021, who's going to be scoring more points in the beginning of 2021, kind of chop things up a little bit and see what we think of some young player versus older veteran battles. So first one we got, this is one that I wasn't expecting to be a battle. I thought it was going to be a runaway based off how great uh, people told me he was. Michael Carter versus Tevin Coleman. 
People thought that he would run away with the Jets' job. I said day three players don't really run away with jobs, especially in camp. Michael Carter might end up running away with, with the job in week four, week five. It, I don't think it's happening in camp, and it certainly hasn't happened in camp yet. So Tevin Coleman and even a bit of Ty Johnson has been the RB1 for the New York Jets. So it, who are you putting your chips on for 2021, early season, late season? Do you think it's you think it's uh, Tevin Coleman early on and then Michael Carter? I think Coleman's got it for the whole year. What do you think? Well, I, I think the Shanahan link with um, with Tevin Coleman, uh, that's honestly, until he gets hurt, probably going to lead to him kind of being your your 1A of a committee that'll probably consist of three running backs, possibly even four, depending on how many they keep on the roster. Uh, they've got a, a, you know, a, a relatively highly drafted running back, not like super high, but they spent enough on them to make it, you know, to make it worth looking at, but you've got the, you've got the rookie, you've got a bunch of vets that all have proven that they can, that they can play in the NFL uh, and at least a handful of them that were here last year and, and the year prior. So there's there's definitely a battle, obviously, when you go out and you draft Michael Carter with the intentions of using him, I would assume, when you take him in the fourth round. That's that's kind of the sweet spot for running backs. But uh, Tevin Coleman is is the proven vet. When he's healthy, he produces. He's He's been pretty good over the last you know four, five, six years. But his issue is staying healthy. I, I think that's just going to provide opportunity for Michael Carter. I, I think we see, you know, whichever one of the, the kind of outside looking in guys, whether it's, it's Pirine or Ty Johnson, you know, possibly even Josh Adams. Like I said, I don't know how many of these guys they're keeping, but whoever they do keep, I, I think will genuinely have a, a relatively clean path to touches. So I think early on it's Tevin Coleman and if Michael Carter is the guy, which I don't really see it, but when you spend the draft capital like that, obviously they like something about him. Um, it, it, to me, it just probably is going to be a messy hodgepodge of whoever's healthy and whoever's hot. Let's move on to another running back battle. Uh, you mentioned Sh- Shanahan effect in New York. Well, we have the Shanahan effect in the firm term of the coach. Kyle Shanahan, Raheem Mostert versus Trey Sermon. A little bit higher draft capital with Trey Sermon going in the third round. But Mostert has played well when healthy. I'll start off by saying that I think that people are overestimating Mostert for the most part in in redraft and in win-now type dynasty. I think that Mostert is going to quickly lose this job. Sermon might not be the starter week one. But I would not be surprised to see Sermon starting week three, week four, especially whenever they go to Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll we'll see. I mean, this defense is still pretty elite and you've got some pieces that are high end on the offense. So this isn't really a time for them to be rebuilding. They're still trying to win. So it's going to be whoever is going to serve them best to to win games now. Trey Sermon is a guy that I've always liked. Uh, I see a lot of of the Joe Mixon there, but his issue, like the rest of the 49ers, is staying healthy. But it's going to be come down again to whoever's healthy and whoever's hot. Um, it was, you know, Jeff Wilson was going to have a significant role again until he got injured. So. I think as long as Mostert's healthy early on, he will be the alpha. I think he will dominate touches. 
But after, I would say, between four and six weeks, I think we'll see a significant amount of Trey Sermon because I definitely think he's a better running back than Raheem Mostert. But Mostert's proven, and he's looked quite good in the Shanahan offense. So um, the rest of the guys, I, I don't really I don't really see as, as pushing either one of these two for, for touches. If they're healthy, they're both going to produce, and, and whoever's honestly getting the volume is probably going to be an RB2 floor uh it just kind of depends if they're if they're both competing for touches if they're splitting them or if you actually have a dominant you know bell cow type which i think sermon can be and i think most are you know slots in better as kind of that one b uh committee type guy so it'll be interesting to see how they break that down once once sermon gets his feet underneath them if he's fully healthy and 100 percent ready to go so um it's going to be a fun offense though especially once they turn to trey lance to really see kind of what everybody can do at their full potential. Cause we know what Jimmy G is and that's not really exciting. Next we'll go to the wide receiver position. We have Gabriel Davis, the sophomore against Emmanuel Sanders, the 87 year old Gabriel Davis, <laughs> 17.1 yards per catch, seven touchdowns as a rookie kind of underutilized only 62 targets. Um, but you know, this, this is an offense that I can only see increasing in passing volume, particularly to, to Gabriel Davis. Um, you know, we have the, the saga of Cole Beasley, and so it's really um, <laughs> guys you can count on. It's Gabriel Davis versus Emmanuel Sanders here. I think Davis showed enough as a rookie that he is going to get um, some some nice target volume, especially some nice down the field, some air yards. And so I'm I'm all aboard Davis here. I he's definitely we talked about. I mean, we say this you know one of the cliche on the trade cast, but like he's a definitely the type of guy that the guy who has Davis is a truther, is a huge fan. Because I don't really have any Gabriel Davis, and it's because everybody else does. And whenever I've like tested the waters, like I want to late first. I'm like, well, I want you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd have you'd have had more at him being a Central Florida kid, but um, you know, probably not exactly your your type. Dan, more of the Daniel. Type. Daniel, where did I go to school? Well, not UCF, but <laughs> you, went, you went to USF, correct? Yes, I went to USF. Um, Still, it's a, Casey, a Florida Casey, kid. Casey, that Casey kid, my sister went to UCF. <laughs> well, I like I like Casey better, so that's fine. Um, yeah, honestly, you know, obviously, if Cole Beasley plays, he's going to have a role in this offense. But I don't think they bring in Emmanuel Sanders to just chase a ring. If he's healthy, he's still a difference maker in the NFL. I, I would rather throw the ball to Emmanuel Sanders than Gabriel Davis. I think Gabriel Whoa, Davis. I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't, I don't think I, I, you know, I hadn't hate what I saw from Gabriel Davis. I just think he's a down the field guy and that's it. He's a playmaker down the field. He's a 50, 50 guy. Uh, I don't see him as a difference maker at this level. I think he helps the offense a lot. I just, if you're looking for fantasy points, he's going to be a best ball, you know, volatile type asset where if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, I think he can be, an every week starter, kind of like how Cole Beasley was for a little while. Even with Stefan Diggs in town, you're going to have at least two options here that are viable. And if I had to put my eggs in a basket, I'm probably going towards Emmanuel Sanders, assuming he's health. All right, let's go on to our next pairing. We have the Carolina Panthers wide receivers, Terrace Marshall versus Robbie Anderson. A lot of the off season hype or a lot of the training camp hype has been around one Terrace Marshall. Uh, but for me, I'm, I think that 
I don't think that Marshall and Anderson are competing for targets in 2021. I think Anderson will get his get his deep targets and get get what he, he needs. And Terrace Marshall is going to be a developing wide receiver three, kind of what we saw from Gabriel Davis last year, where you're not going to see consistent volume week to week, but he's going to make some big plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Terrace Marshall as as worlds different for, from a prospect point of view than than Gabriel Davis. But right, I, I no, think I, I'm more so in the role perspective. Not yes, I, I think the role will be very similar. Obviously, Robbie Anderson gets his new contract, um, and even though he always looks like he just touched an electric fence. I still think that he's going to be relatively valuable in the short term. I mean, he had 136 targets last year, almost went for 100 and 1,000. Uh, the the one thing we would like to see improve, and and hopefully that does with Lego head under center, is the touchdown percentage. He only had three touchdowns last year on 136 targets. I don't know if you know this, Nathan, but that's not good. That's like Coolio Jones type numbers. So. We need uh, we need to see some touchdown production. Hopefully, we see uh, some regression to the mean, to the positive. And uh, to be honest, I'm just hoping this offense props up DJ Moore a bit, and we get to see him in the limelight. Um, but I do think that that Robbie Anderson's going to be continue to be a problem. I, I'm not a huge fan, but all he does is score points when he's targeted. So it's kind of hard to argue that um, he's like if Gabriel Davis was good. <laughs> put that on a business card all right let's go to the west side of the country uh los angeles we have van jefferson entering year two out of florida or deshaun jackson who has departed the eagles once again and is now a los angeles ram who are you betting on for 2021 on this pairing uh i'm probably sticking with van jefferson here Deshaun, this move kind of feels more like a like a ring chase, a ring grab for me. Uh, and obviously, the Rams aren't exactly a favorite to get there. But when you have, I mean, McVay, they, I mean, they're probably in like the top six ish. Yeah, it's just so hard to overcome the the AFC and Brady now in the NFC. Um, that's a that's a pretty tall task. But you know, you have the elite defense. You bring in Matthew Stafford. the The passing volume is going to be. I mean, it's definitely going to be more efficient. It's it's probably going to be more substantial. Um, and, you know, the like I said, the, the, the actual targets themselves are going to be much more valuable than they were with Jared Goff under center. So uh, I do still like Van Jefferson here. I, I think he, he fits the mold uh, as far as what the Rams like to do. But that's that doesn't mean that we aren't going to see Deshaun Jackson. I think you get him out there in the four wide receiver sets. He's the one that's going to be stretching the field. Now, has he lost a step at 34? Absolutely. That's just how life works. But he's still scary in space, and he, he's probably going to be a problem. I just don't really think he's going to be an actual fantasy asset. He's more of the of the NFL asset than, than fantasy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I see both these guys as more NFL asset than fantasy behind Robert Woods, behind Cooper Cup, and obviously the tight end is going to get some action with Higby as well. But I guess we did talk about, you know, during the Acres injury and, and during the Acres injury that this team might set the record for pass attempts, except for the fact that like they're going to be good enough that they're not going to need to throw that much from a game flow perspective. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly wanting any, either of these guys in my lineup, even if it's super deep or on my bench or whatever it might be. But I will say, you know, quote unquote, in a best in a best ball, I think you're going to get more starts out of Deshaun than you are Van Jefferson in 2021. Sure. 
No, that's that's fair. It just depends on if they're going to be stretching the field. And, and like you said, I mean, they're they're not going to be behind really ever. So all of this, all of these looks, we're going to be looking for in the first three quarters or even the first half of games, because for the most part, they're just going to be running it down teams' throats in the fourth quarter. And that's a lot of times when you're getting those more more explosive down the field plays and you have ground to make up. And LA is probably not going to be doing a whole lot of that. All right, let's move on to Arizona. We have Christian Kirk versus Rondell Moore. I am a big Rondell Moore fan, have been since he was 18 years old. I'm crying more, more, more with Rondell Moore, and I have been less than impressed with Christian. Let's call him Charlie Kirk. I've been less <laughs> impressed with Christian Kirk thus far in his career. He is fine. He's going to be a wide receiver in the NFL for several years. He's, you know, I'm just not excited about 13.7 yards per catch, 10.4 yards per catch, 12.9 yards per catch. It's like, ugh, like give me Gabriel Davis rather than that. Um, <laughs> but Rondell Moore, they took him in the second round. They're not going to – they can't possibly mess up back-to-back second-round wide receivers after they, the whiff of Andy Isabella. Rondell Moore, despite the fact that he's wearing number 85 when – I don't think any players in the NFL wear in the 80s anymore. Um, <laughs> Rondell Moore, I can easily see him being the you know second most productive fantasy wide receiver in this Cardinals offense. And at the end of the day, this is going to be a decently high pass volume offense, and that's going to be you know, I think you know call call me uh, Rondell Moore truther, Rondell Moore Homer, whatever you want, might be. I think that he's going to be more fantasy relevant in 2021 than we than what the masters are expecting. I'm get I don't have redraft ADP in front of me. I'm guessing he's probably being drafted around like wide receiver 60 or 70, right? Like or maybe even lower than that. And if so, I think he definitely has a chance to be a value, be a a fantasy wide receiver three, fantasy wide receiver four. Yeah, the big thing that's been kind of strange this year for Rondale Moore for me is you always hear the coach speak the, yeah, we like what we see. You know, he's going to be a great addition to the team. If you go and just Google search Rondale Moore blurbs, whether it's the coaching staff, the media, the players on the team, there has been nothing but like glowing positivity for Rondale Moore. Everyone thinks this guy now at this stage is, is like the second coming. Uh, I'm I'm probably now too excited, whereas I don't think I had enough exposure to begin with. And now I'm really looking back like, yeah, I missed out. Like I knew the prospect, I, I, the Debbie asset that he was, we loved him, loved him, loved him, loved him. And then it was like the size and everything was just kind of underwhelming a little bit. But then when you look at it in the in the football terms and, and he's going to be working across DeAndre Hopkins. You also have Christian Kirk there who Christian Kirk is is to me just a role player. I've never been on board with him being like we had, I think a conversation on this show about Christian Kirk and, and whoever it was thought he was going to be like an alpha and a wide receiver one in the NFL. I never really saw that. I got, you know, and I love Sterling Shepard, but I got Sterling Shepard vibes, just a, a nonchalant slot receiver and Rondale Moore, even though undersized can do absolutely everything. So whether it's 2021 or 2027, I'm taking Rondale Moore. I think I think he's going to take the NFL by storm this year, especially while teams are triple covering DeAndre Hopkins. 
All right, Dan, we have time for one more. So I'll let you pick A, B, C in order on the chart. You want A, B, or C? Well, if my eyes serve me correct, those last two look like tight ends. So we're not going to talk about those. <laughs> Let's talk about the New York Jets and the absolute mess outside of Corey Davis, that is. Because again, kind of like Rondell Moore, we've heard nothing but positivity about Corey Davis. So let's talk about the secondary pieces. They bring in Elijah Moore. They still have Jamison Crowder, who kind of sounded like he was going to be on his way out. Then they bring him back in. Is is the Elijah Moore draft capital going to be too much to overcome for anybody that, that's on this roster that isn't named Corey Davis? I think that the downfall of Jamison Crowder um, is going to be a, an odd comparison. Um but Al Al Horford um, in the NBA was yeah. on the was on the Thunder, and they're like, "Okay, Al Horford, you're you're not like we're not going to let you go. You're better than these kids, but you're still going to sit the bench because we would rather see what the kids have." And that's what's going to happen with Jamison Crowder. That the Jets are going to be like one in seven. Zach Wilson is going to be like. Doing okay, not great, not 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 t- not amazing, but they're gonna be like, do we want to see Zach Wilson with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, and that's really all they have with the Jets, <laughs> um, or do we want to see Jameson Crowder? And I I can very easily see a Jameson Crowder midseason trade deal slash hit Crowder just hitting the bench because they're like, hey, we're going young, and obviously Corey Davis isn't like a spring chicken. But he's still young enough to be part of the quote-unquote future of the New York Jets. Yeah, it's like I said, it's kind of just a weird build. The the wide receiver room doesn't really make any sense. Um, And notice there was no mention of Denzel Mims there because he's a trash can. He's not going to make the team. He's not going to make the team. That was a really good second-round pick. Um, You know, it it really should be Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. I think those two, um, you know, kind of fit really well on field together. Obviously having Jamison as your slot makes a lot of sense, but I think Elijah Moore can play that, uh, that role pretty well. Um, you know, you, you've got some other guys. We we've seen a couple of things from guys like Josh Malone, who's just kind of a, an NFL journeyman. Um, David Moore, who has done something, who did some things in Seattle where he was pretty impressive from time to time, but kind of rarely used. Uh, you have the corpse of Braxton Berrios, uh, there's a lot of big names here, Nathan, a lot of superstar power, but uh, I, I really do think it's just going to be the Corey Davis show and then everybody else is is kind of along for the ride. I hope that they get Elijah Moore involved. Um, the more I watched of him, the more I liked. Uh, I, I just fear that it's going to be the New York Jets and they're for- going to forget to put the landing gear down. <laughs> Definitely a possibility, but... You know, so far, the, the rookie quarterbacks have looked good in the preseason, outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence, but it's because Urban Meyer. It's Trevor Lawrence, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the rest of them look good. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields have all played well. And Trey Lance has had some splash plays, but also some poor plays as well. He um, looks lost. Which... He, he, he looks like he's only ever played 15 games of football in his life, which, <laughs> conveniently, Nathan, don't know if you know this, he's only played like 15 games of football in his life. Alrighty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Maybe one day you'll get a podcast talking about tight ends, but it probably won't be this one. Nope.
All right, that'll wrap us up. Make sure to like, rate, subscribe, review, all those fun things, and we'll talk to you next week. Kado! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.